Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the evolution of product management and its importance to the customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Nicole Mace, who has spent a career in product management at companies like LastPass, BevSpot, Quilt, and Zipcar, and is now VP of Product Growth at Pendo. Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this topic with you. Um, So why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at Pendo. Sure, sure. Uh, I feel like I've been a product manager my whole life. Um, (laughs) One of my early, early influences was Intuit, and I had the luxury of working there pretty much right out of school. And at Intuit, you just learn right away that you want to do right by the customer every turn. Intuit was super focused on usability, testing, and really incorporating the importance of the customer throughout. So that was really defining. I also was part of Constant Contact, a little startup that went public. And that was fun because it was early SaaS business. Uh, so I've done a bunch of things. LastPass was my previous company, previously known as LogMeIn. The product is LastPass. And there I was in charge of product-led growth and the end-user experience, which was a ton of fun. And now I have the opportunity to actually be at my favorite products company, Pendo. So I was a user of Pendo before. Um, At LastPass, I brought Pendo in. Love Pendo. So this is really uh, my dream job combination of my favorite thing, product-led growth, and my favorite product, Pendo. Wonderful. Well, and just really quickly, I guess, could you tell us just a little bit about what Pendo does? Yeah, sure, sure. So so Pendo really does kind of two things and then combines them, which makes it super, super powerful. So Pendo has a really strong analytics tool, really geared towards those products where there's a login. And it also has a no-code solution for guides and onboarding and tours and tooltips and things like that. But it really creates a way for um, product managers to have a lot of power to use no-code to create really custom experiences for the end user and be really smart about it by segmenting customers so you can have different experiences for your different users. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, let's, uh, let's get started by talking about the role of the product manager as well as its evolution and relationship to to CX or customer experience. So from your perspective, how has the role of product manager evolved over the course of your career? Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been around a long time, so it really has evolved. Uh, When I started, there was no chief product officer. That wasn't even a thing. So product reported either up to marketing or engineering. So right there, that is, that is a huge, a huge change. And also there's just been more, more skilled product managers that have sort of come on their classes. Now you can get a degree in product management much more of a focus around customer experience, interviews, usability. Those are all tools that product managers have today that, you know, a long time ago, people were light on and still trying to discover. 
And so along the lines of evolution as well, it has the relationship between product managers and customer experience evolved? Yeah, so really, really just the massive focus, right? So what you've seen with companies that have grown with the end user experience, uh, Slack, Calendly, others that have this sort of groundswell within companies starting with the end user just creates a situation where, wow, if you can create an amazing early experience for early customers, it, it just explodes, right? And so listening to those customers carefully, having your customer support team super close with them as a product manager, listening to them closely. Those are all ways that that you can really optimize your, your experience. What about the business objective component of this? So, you know, has, has CX become more ingrained in the role of a product manager and, you know, sort of how they're evaluated? Or can you talk a little bit to that? Yeah, sure, sure. I think um, one metric that is is really shared that truly captures the user's experience is NPS. And so that that really, there was just a huge rise with NPS. And now there are different sort of variations, like you're also looking at customer effort score and things like that. But ultimately, you're looking at the entirety of that user's experience. What happens when they call? What happens when they need help? What happens in the product? All of that is part of the customer journey. Yeah, absolutely. So from a product manager perspective, what, what kind of knowledge or awareness should they have? And you know, what should they be learning beyond some of the things that might be generally assumed? I mean, you know, we, we touched on CX, but you know, how, how is that role and their need to, to learn kind of expanded? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like for product managers, you're always iterating on your product. You need to always be learning. Yeah. Um, so you really need to stay on top of things. Listen to podcasts like this, read books, read articles, share as much as you can, get a group of folks that you're working with that are fired up about what you're doing and just stay on top of it and share the latest thinking. The world is moving really fast and you just have to really be focused and and understand and follow along what's happening. But I would say from a skills standpoint, what I've found to be absolutely fascinating is this massive shift to analytics, right? So not only do you have to have analytics at your fingertips to be able to make really good decisions, everyone wants to be data-driven, but you need to take it a step further. I mean, you need to be a little bit of a data scientist or at least kind of one in training. You need to be able to use tools and slice and dice your segments in different ways and understand and do analysis yourself. So that has really changed. And I've definitely seen there's sort of a split in people who are willing to do that and those who are not. Um, and, And you just need to do it to stay relevant. Yeah. And that's actually a great segue to what I wanted to talk about next as well and getting customer insights to build a better product, right? So You know, there's differing schools of thought on you know just how much customers should lead versus a visionary leader versus companies you know innovating and showing customers what they haven't thought of yet. Yeah. I know there's like a Steve Jobs quote I could insert in there or something, but you know how do you find that right balance between you know customers don't don't necessarily know everything. They know what they like when they see it, but they don't necessarily know what they haven't seen. You know, so how do you find that right balance between getting those insights from them and really making an innovative product that the customers are going to want to want? 
Yeah, I think that's a great point because a lot of times there's, hey, where's our innovation? We need to be, we need right. to be innovative, right? And the reality is all innovation is, 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 is truly solving a problem. Maybe it's a problem the user hasn't fully recognized, but it is solving a problem. So if you can dig deep into that problem and iterate on that and use that as how you're going to innovate, you're going to be in a really good place. Problems that customers know they have. I mean, honestly, if I had $100 to invest, I put $90 on solving all the known problems and $10 on, you know, could be a problem, but it's cool, but not really a problem, right? So yeah, I mean, there are those one in a million, you know, someone comes up with something and people had absolutely no idea that they had a need for it, but they have the need now. Um, That's, that is awesome, but it doesn't mean that you're not in innovating if you are iterating and on solving problems that people know that they have today. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think the primary measures of success should be for a successful product manager? Yeah, so I think that's I think that's a great question and I think it's evolved over time, right? I think as a product manager, you own creating a great end user experience. That is sits on you. You are the yeah. buck stops with you. I also think, you know, really if you have a product, a software product, you want people to come back. So you're, you know, daily active over monthly active user, your DAO over Mal, like you should be watching that pretty closely. If users aren't engaging it's just a, a you know a metric of health if users aren't continually engaging and you're not growing that rate you're actually not really moving the needle you know so you end up with a leaky bucket situation so dow over mal i think is super important i also think nps or even customer effort score is also super important. NPS is a great metric for the holistic experience. I think the CES, the customer effort score, really ties into like really what they're doing in the product. And I think, you know, your your mark of how have you provided a great overall experience is, is NPS. And then like, how is that little new feature that you added doing? You know, that's a great one for customer effort score. And then ultimately adding value. So yeah, you want to have a great experience, but you want to add value for that, that end user. Yeah, yeah. So you, we're on the Agile Brand uh, podcast here, so I'm going to ask my my Agile question here. Uh, yeah. So, you know, what role do Agile approaches and Agile mindsets play in creating a successful product? Yeah, I I, I love. I'm a super fan of <laughs> of Agile, and mainly because I think if you really embrace it, you can create a very creative culture. Actually, it allows you to iterate, allows you to learn something, and all you have to do is have your act together for the next sprint. <laughs> right? What is the team going to work on? And if you have a a trust partnership with your development team, you understand their velocity, they're doing what they should be doing, you're providing requirements in a way that makes sense to them, then you you have a trust and you're like, okay, this is how much they can take on and this is what I need to have done. And if it's not possible, and you know this from your velocity, then your job as the product manager is to reduce and take things out of the sprint, right? Maybe you slim down the feature, you know, you drop down what you want out of the MVP, for example. So it's on you as the product product manager and agile tells you what your team can do. But as I said, most importantly is the ability to truly be agile, right? To make changes. The world's changing fast. COVID happens. We have a war. I mean, things are changing. You need to be able to move fast. And a 12-month roadmap 
that you're highly confident in is not, it's not help anybody. So a one that you can see out, you might have a strategy, you might have an idea, but you can say, Hey, this is where we think we're going, but I'll tell you with higher confidence, you know, the next quarter and definitely the next sprint. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one follow up to that as well. So, you know, I think more technology focused teams, I think have been using agile or what, you know, whether it's strict agile or, or some variation thereof for a while, but you know, how have you seen, you know, what's been your experience in the product teams that you've been a part of, as well as the, the teams that fall outside of product and you know what how does that work when you know that one team may be all in on agile and other teams are not you know what's what's been your experience and do you notice any trends in are the rest of organizations starting to become more agile as well so sorry that was like five questions in one but but yeah you know I, i have to say i have not been anywhere for a really really long time that hasn't embraced agile yeah Um, Now, some teams are all over the map and their velocity is all over and they can't really tell you, you know, what we can deliver. They're they're struggling there. But usually that struggle is, hey, we have a bunch of new team members or it's a weird month. It's the month of December, that kind of thing. But I've, I've seen more and more agile driven development. I mean, I don't think and I am one who's been around, but Nobody wants to go back to waterfall. That is the worst thing on the planet. I think the trick is, though, when you do have something that is for sure a three-month-long project, it's very tight, you've got every engineer working on it, and you can fall in a trap of like, hey, this, you know, you can fall into a waterfall trap. So I think the challenge is to always tell yourself and and push yourself as the product manager to say, okay, what is the smallest thing that I can get out as soon as possible out to production that will add value, right? So you, I think as the product manager, have to push yourself even when the thing you're delivering really is like a three-month long effort. Yeah, that's great. Well, last topic here, uh, let's talk a little bit about the business model of products and how that affects both product management as well as the the customer experience. So there's many types of business models for products, and I'm sure you've worked with quite a few in in your career, but let's talk specifically about the freemium model a little bit. From your experience, what are some of the benefits as well as maybe some of the drawbacks of this approach from both a business as well as a customer perspective? Yeah, I mean, the the freemium model is really at sort of the crux, the freemium and trial, I would say, you know, you want at the crux of what product-led growth is, right? You want your users to try out on their own your product and be amazed by it, have an incredible experience. So as far as a benefit, if you can get users to come in without much of a hurdle into your product and get value, create, begin to create habits, get them to tell others about it, the value of virality is incredible. Some percent of those premium users, if you have a good paid product, will eventually buy, eventually. At last pass, we had some users who were free for five years and eventually bought. So it is this wonderful group of users that, you know, some of them become very active users that you can always go to. You can add new features to, you can test things out, but it's, it's really, really critical when you think about a flywheel. And if you can provide a great and user experience, it, it, it's gold. 
Great. Well, one last question then. Um, you know, as a as a product manager that's that's worked for a variety of, of products, you know, what's a piece of advice you would have for other product managers as they navigate the months ahead? Yeah. So one thing I, I will say, I do get, there's a little part of me that gets a little bit excited about, hey, there aren't going to be a lot of people buying. So now is a really good time to build. Mm. So those, those things that you've sort of kept putting off because you thought, well, we have to put out the next thing, the next thing so that we can get more sales. If you know that sales are going to be relatively flat, this is a great time if you have to replatform. It's a great time if you want to make a significant leap in in your offering to just heads down, build, 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 because then you can come out at the end with something new and exciting and fresh when the economy and things turn around. And gosh, it happens so fast, the ups and downs. So, um, you know, you're bound to catch one of them on the way up. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, Nicole, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with you and what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I, I will just do a little plug for our Pendo blog. So sure. that's pendo.io slash pendo dash blog. Um, you can also look me up on LinkedIn and, you know, also feel free to, to email me directly, nicole.mace at pendo.io. Definitely love to talk agile on product anytime. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Nicole Mace, VP of Product Growth at Pendo for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.